Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everyone, it's Patricia Warby of Alchemy Therapies and My Emotional Audit. And welcome, welcome. I want to talk today about a very important subject, about the, the loss of soul in medicine. Now, medicine is about relieving suffering. Um, that's the training, that's how medical doctors have been for years and in the past your family doctor your general practitioner would have known you would have um, understood the family history would have probably treated some members of your family as well and there was a relationship in medicine there was a relationship with your healthcare providers these days um, with the revolution in healthcare practice where you you get massive practices, GP practices now in the UK, um, usually. You don't know who you're going to see when you go in, and you've no idea the kind of relationship you're going to have with that GP because they may or may not know you. Most times they won't. They'll be reliant on your records and what other practitioners have said about you or written down and what you've been prescribed. Now, people who go into medicine... Um, want to help others that's their calling if you like their vocation that's what vocation means a calling um, but what happens in the training is that you get narrowed down gradually to a more and more specialized viewpoint even if you become a GP um, which is the broadest of all the trainings um, but you might also go into cons hospital consultancy into secondary care you will know an awful lot about very very little you know you will have a very um very, very narrow focus in what you understand. And you likely don't talk to specialists in other areas. You don't read the same journals. Um, so this, this is an acute medical model, okay? So if I had appendicitis, I'd want to go to A&E. If I have um, some terrible uh, autoimmune disease, I'd probably you know, go to endocrinology. Um, but the problem is most of the disease we're seeing now in certainly in general practice, but also in my practice is chronic conditions and chronic conditions mean anything that's longer than six months, whether that's chronic pain, chronic fatigue, chronic anxiety, uh, all sorts of neurological issues. And what happens to these people is they get filtered into the system that is if they choose to go to the, to the system, which most people do. It's certainly what I did. You know, you start to notice you're not feeling great. And you maybe you haven't got the energy you had and you're crashing at weekends and so on. Um, you'll go to your doctor and you'll be funneled into this acute medical model where initially what will be done is blood tests and they will likely reveal no major issues. Uh, then you'll go to secondary care where you'll get more specialist testing and scanning. Um, MRI scanning is very popular. Uh, CT, maybe computed tomography, uh, or sometimes even PET scan. But whatever type of scans you have, there's this interminable uh, fear, weight, fear cycle. You know, you have a fear something is wrong. You don't know what it is. There's terrible amounts of uncertainty which drives uh, dysregulation and inflammation in your body. And so even in the process of waiting to find out what's wrong with you, you are not in a healing state. And then 
doctors will, who are not trained in psychology will say things like, mm, this doesn't look good. Or uh, as was told to a client of mine yesterday, oh, well, you should be grateful. Nothing major is wrong. Um, when all the person wants is an answer, what is going on with me? Why do I feel ill? And people, particularly with chronic fatigue syndrome, have been told for decades, you know, you're making it up. It's all in your head. It's not real. There's nothing. We can't find anything wrong with you. And they are left to go home without an answer. Uh, and then likely the symptoms will ratchet up as the inflammation ratchets up and the fear and the uncertainty. Um, and then they'll be funneled into a different set of uh, specialties. And some of my clients are seeing three, four, or even five different specialists at any one time. Now, this is a, a huge consumption of resources when actually the medical model itself doesn't have any answers as to why you're feeling the way you do because of this, this narrow training. And they're only looking at functional tissue disorders um, you know, if you're in endocrinology, you're looking at the glands and the uh, hormonal system. If you're in gastroenterology, you're looking at the gut. You know, you're not looking at the overall system of the body. And that's where I think this, this fails large numbers of people going into the acute medical model that we currently have. Um, it is changing. It is changing. And there are options now for people, particularly if you have chronic pain, um, there are groups you can join, chronic fatigue uh, groups as well are springing up. You know, um, there is signs that uh, policy is changing towards people with chronic conditions. But the one thing I think is missing is the model of the autonomic nervous system and how that controls all your bodily functions and is linked to your back brain. And your back brain has a very complicated set of survival um, you know, functions, it wants to keep you alive at all costs. And if it perceives you are under threat, it will start to shut down non-essential systems, which is what happens in these chronic conditions. So you get what's called a, a, a trigger, a trigger event. Now that could be an accident. It could be the loss of a loved one. Um, it could be the breakdown of a relationship or an acute stress financially or at work uh, in an already stressed system. Um, and that is enough to tip you over into chronic conditions. Now, nobody, as far as I know, asks you when you go in for your seven or eight minute appointment with your general practitioner, uh, what, what's happening for you at the moment? You know, are you under stress? What's happened to you in the past? You know, is there something that you think started these symptoms? It's such an important question, but they don't have time. All they have is... What symptoms are you presenting? They, they may do a rudimentary check of your blood pressure, um, you know, uh, and they may organize testing. That, that's all they've got to, time to do, really. And if you're lucky, you'll get a prescription. But the prescriptions are for pharmaceuticals that are looking specifically to change your symptom. They're not addressing the underlying root cause. And that's really why I and many other people fall through the net, because you're not looking at the nutritional deficiencies. GPs, uh, most medical doctors still don't get much nutrition training other than low salt is a good thing, you know, for heart disease. Um, again, that is changing, but because 
big pharma really controls medical training, it's very hard to get the right information uh, because it's a threat. It's a threat. If we got people nutritionally uh, stable, you know, if they had optimal levels of nutritional minerals and salts and um, vitamins in their body, they wouldn't have half the chronic diseases they are showing. So it, it isn't something that's promoted. And uh, another example from my case studies yesterday was um, a lady who went in with severe early menopause symptoms um, and had to have a hysterectomy and asked the doctor, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can do to change my outcome here? You know, because obviously something's not right. It, it, can, can I change my diet? And, and the GP says, no. Um, no, there's nothing you can do. And, and the same with another client, the same uh, yesterday, I had another client who'd had severe MS, same question. Is there a reason I'm, my body is attacking the nervous system? Because that's what MS is, is when the myelin sheath around your nerves starts to be degraded. Is there anything I can do? Uh, nothing. You know, you just have to watch and wait while the experts deal with the problem. Now, this is a top-down approach, which leaves people feeling powerless. And powerlessness, along with hopelessness, is one of the biggest drivers of inflammation in your body. All right, You need agency. You need to know that there's something you can do, even if it's a little thing, to help yourself. Um, because it helps to take away the fear that uh, something terrible is wrong and there's, there's nothing you can do. So um, I, I also believe that we need to bring, apart from bringing the soul back into medicine, you know, the, the connection with people and their situations and what's happening to them and help support them through whatever the challenge is. Because, you know, when you get ill, any challenge to your health is usually, it has a biopsychosocial reason. There's something going on in your environment, whether internal or external, that's out of balance. And we need to know what's going on for you so that we can identify what those factors are, whether it's, as I said, nutritional deficiency, toxicity is another big factor, um, which changes your biochemistry. You know, if your liver is struggling and can't detoxify because your hormones are out of balance or um, you've got silver amalgam fillings, which are largely mercury, they're more mercury than silver, which is a highly biotoxic substance and it's in your mouth. Um, you know, the, there's so many ways in which we can become toxic, toxic air. Uh, if, if you live in a polluted area um, and you're breathing in traffic fumes, for instance, or, or you've got an old house, perhaps with lead pipes, um, uh, even even care products like, um, you know, your your shampoos and your soaps and your washing powders are, are very chemical products which have a lot of toxic ingredients and if they're vaporizing in your home, your home can actually be more toxic than the outside. Um, you don't believe me? Uh, look it up. You know, um, there is a environmental working group list of the most toxic substances. And you'll see that some of them are, are products we buy every day in the, for the home. So, you know, we are subject as human beings currently to a barrage of toxicity and then we're under severe stress, most of us, and we're so stressed we don't even know we're stressed because it's become normal. Um, you know, life is a stressful uh, 
enterprise these days, you know, lack of connection, isolation, lots of media, fear stoking, um, you know, the, the overwhelming information overload of war and strife and poverty, uh, which for particularly for highly sensitive people is just so overwhelming. And so we've we're struggling against this barrage of, of potential disruptors to our health. And uh, we have a medical system that's not taking that into account and not really understanding the biopsychosocial model or anything about the autonomics. Um, I've done plenty of talks on the autonomics. I'll, I'll link um, more in, in the description below. Um, you know, one of the things I want to do is, is look at what the future holds and I want to move us to a hopeful frame because there is a promise of a new medicine and it, I think it's coming in subtly un, under the sort of covers of, of what all the other fear stoking and the viruses and pandemics and so on um, that we've been kind of forced to focus on. There is a new medicine evolving and it's a much more holistic model and, and particularly with mental health, um, I think the promise of the future will be psychedelic medicine. Now, psychedelics were obviously, um, if you ask most people what they are, they're hallucinogenic drugs that the 60s hippies uh, took and dropped out of society and just got high all the time. But that's actually not the reality. Um, psychedelics covers a huge range of different substances, most of which are plant plant derived. LSD, of course, was not and was a, a, a synthetic drug, but um, it was first isolated from plants. Most things are. Um, most pharmaceuticals are isolated from plants. So um, what we're seeing now is, is people approaching this with a, a new vision. And because it's helping so many people, um, whether it's ayahuasca or psilocybin, which is the extract of magic mushroom, um, MDMA, uh, commonly known as ecstasy, um, is is proving itself to be really profound when applied in a therapeutic setting. So we're not talking about casual drug use um, or abuse. We're talking about very specific amounts given to people in a therapeutic session, either in a, uh, a formal clinical setting with uh, psychologists and support people around or in ceremony which is more like you know how it would have been taken in you know days of yore when in tribal cultures um, plant medicine was considered an important part of keeping healthy what do plant medicines do well they seem to reduce your your fear um, quietening the part of your brain which signals fear which is your amygdala and reducing the kind of overthinking, overstimulated uh, default mode network, we call it, which is the, the, the nervous sort of arrays that fire in your brain every single day when you do all the same things you always do. It's sort of like a default way of being. It quietens that down and then it seems to give you a connection to a more uh, conscious universe. And as soon as I say that, I know I'm going to make a lot of people switch off. But there is a, a deeper knowing within our universal structure, which I've written about several times. Um, the Mystery of Number was my book, uh, which showed that we're embedded in the universe and that 
numbers have significance. It's not a numerology book, but it's talking about nature and the patterns that evolve. And when I'm working with people, I'm always looking for patterns, what's going on, because I see patterns over and over again. And healing is like unfolding your potential instead of the survival processes you had to adopt to keep going, to, to survive your, your family, your childhood. And then you take that with you into adulthood and you wonder why they're dysfunctional. You know, um, most behaviors are scripted by what you experienced when you were young. And so these patterns become limiting to you because if you carry on thinking what you've always thought and your beliefs about yourself are basically that I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, um, you are going to actually give the signal to your body that you don't deserve to be healthy. And it doesn't matter how hard you, you think and you try and you learn and you gather information and you go and get more information from obviously testing and consultants and you, you you're not really resolving the root cause because the root cause is a is a soul-based problem you know there's something in your life that is out of alignment is it where you're living is it the job you're doing is it your belief systems um there there's something that you're doing being that is not how you are meant to be and it seems that psychedelic medicine kind of opens you up to that awareness and it does so very quickly. There are many therapies that you can use that would do that for you. I use uh, a body-based somatic trauma release, whether that's EMDR, which is eye movements, or I use forms of tapping or havening. These allow you to get connected with your feelings and your heart and your body as opposed to your thinking and your brain, but they do so gradually. Um, what, what it seems to be with psychedelic medicine is it sort of just takes you to that place of awareness. And of course, that's why set and setting, the context you're doing it in is so important. You can't do that to people if they're in a dysregulated place. So there's much to say about this, and it's gonna be the subject of my, my next book, which I'm writing a proposal for at the moment, um, I think I'm going to call it mushroom medicine or plant medicine, my working title, uh, don't know yet, but it's going to be something that shows the promise of reconnecting to nature, reconnecting to our environment and fungi in particular um, seem to do that for us, not just on a, on a therapeutic level from, you know, the hallucinogenic uh, angle, but also from nutritionally uh, supplementing and giving a microbiome. The, the correct information, because that's what fungi seem to do. They are in a, um, a genus of their own. You know, they, they don't exist as plants or animals. They're somewhere in between um, because they seem to, I think, form the bridge between uh, nature, which is largely plant-based and mineral-based, and us. And I want to explore that. And I'd love to have uh, your support. Um, if you're interested in this, please keep an eye out. Please subscribe because every subscriber helps me uh, to promote this information. And um, I'm, I'm going to be setting up a, a, a crowdfunding opportunity, I think, in the near future for people who want to help me um, promote this, this information. So um, spread the word, folks, that there is a solution coming and nobody needs to be in hopelessness and fear. Um, 
you all have the capacity to heal if you only have the right information. And I believe plants and connection to nature are our source of information. That's that's what I've learned over my long, long journey through from conventional uh, to more holistic medicine. All right. So if any of this is of interest to you and you want to get in touch, you can find my details below and look forward to talking to you again. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.